This is ridiculous. Come on, what are these kids supposed to do? But uh, look, I guess uh, one can debate that. Uh, is it meaningful for the businesses here? All right, we're going to have to come and try and check uh, Andrew's audio one more oh, time. My, my there apologies. he is. Sorry, Oliver. There he is. is. All right, let's go back to him. There you go. Yeah, had us no, on uh, mute. There, yeah, there's a couple of, couple of uh, the headline's scary, but the, the thing to remember is that China's been doing been trying to figure this out for a long time. They, they've been regulating hours for kids under 18 for years. Uh, the latest rule in 2019 said no more than 13 hours a day, or thir sorry, 13 hours a week. Now it's uh, three hours a week. So it is a big change, but already the companies have kind of figured out either ways around it, what to do. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, the revenue impact from under 18 is less than one to 2% across the board. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is this is just a rule, it's not a law. Uh, parents can let their kids play more than that. Now they can't sign up as a kid, they'd have to sign up as an adult. But at the end of the day, uh, I think the headline is uh, is bigger, is bigger, a bigger issue than the actual underlying hmm. concern here. Andrew, uh, how would, uh, I mean, in theory, uh, they track these things outside of like online communities. I guess I could see where if I have to sign in to, you know, play World of Warcraft online, then maybe there's a, uh, you know, regulatory thing I have to put in my credentials. But, you know, if I'm just uh, playing a single player on a, a console, then... I mean, well, you can't have Sony have, uh, or Xbox, Microsoft. I mean, they're not gonna have like time limits on their machines, right? So how do you enforce anything like this? So, well, the, the government regulators will try to enforce it as much as they possibly can. The one way they'll do it is, is to tell game developers, if you're not complying, your next games won't be, won't be approved. Wow. Um, but if you think about, again, they've been doing this for years. Tencent is probably well ahead of everybody else when it comes to actually regulating. They have, they have multiple ways to verify ages. And in some cases, they actually use the front-facing camera on their phones. Um, and again, you know, Tencent is pretty straightforward and upfront with investors to say under 16 is two and a half percent of the revenue. Hmm. So it's not a it's not a big figure, um, and I presumably more than two and a half percent of 16 year olds or uh, of all their gaming is under 16. So at the end of the day, again, uh, you know, enforcement is going to be tough to enforce. You can use VPNs to get around it. Uh, kids are already used to doing that in China. <laughs> it's not a law; it's a rule. Uh, so we just don't think the impact is going to be all that big. Okay, so how did this? Uh, uh, how do we get this market to turn around in, in these businesses? I mean, it <laughs> looks like you're still bullish on most of them, with the exception of Roblox. Uh, but the uh, uh, Activision, EA, the classics here have have really been struggling over the last couple months. That happened through earnings. I mean, two of them really now have gone through two quarters where these companies are still well off their highs. What, what are we waiting for here? Yeah, no, I mean, we hate being buys on all of them. But uh, I mean, the valuations are at four-year lows. Uh, they're all projecting growth for the back half of the year uh, on top of these really tough comps. So this reopening trade uh, or fear should be gone by now. So I mm. think now we're just waiting on actual catalysts. I think we're waiting on investors to kind of start September, get the kids back in school and kind of look around and say, geez, my kids still are playing games. We're still watching Netflix. Uh, you know, what have these stocks been doing? Nothing. Maybe we should take a look at them because their businesses are better now than they were before. Uh, specific catalyst, you really wait for EA, you're waiting on Battlefield to launch. Uh, for Take-Two, you really want to see what the next GTA 5 Enhanced looks like. 
What are some of the games there, there, that could drive growth next year look like? What are those going to be? And for Activision, you're really just one waiting on the waiting on their lawsuit to kind of settle out, figure out how impactful this really is. Is management serious about change? And if they are, what does that mean for production at Blizzard? Because 2022 looks like a big year for Blizzard. And so I think as all this gets sorted out, we think in the next month or two, we, we could see some real stock appreciation in the back out here. Okay, so uh, what's Roblox got to do, Andrew? I mean, this thing has been uh, catching everybody's attention. It's all I ever hear about in gaming, but it's the one here that you're not quite uh, you know, ready to scoop yeah. up just yet. Well, this is the one where the valuation actually is not cheap. Uh, <laughs> but no, secondly, if you think about, if you think about the kind of the longer term growth drivers for Roblox, it's about aging up. Uh, it's about building out a metaverse. It's about growing in China. It's about building advertising and marketing. Aging up, we're pretty negative on. Uh, I don't think any 16, 17, 18 year old really wants to play Roblox after, you know, it's just the, the graphics and, and, and just aren't there. It's the old rule of, does the older brother want to play with the little sister? We don't think so. <laughs> uh, China, obviously I think regulatory is a big issue here. Um, because you're trying to build developers and you're trying to get kids to play at the same time, you, it's going to be very difficult for that lower age group, eight to 10. That's the one age group China regulators really care about. So we're kind of negative on China. The metaverse advertising stuff, we're, we're semi-bullish, but I think it's years away, not a year away. So we just can't get our out-year estimates to, to get above street. Mm. Near term, there's plenty of being raises uh, for the stock. But again, valuation, we think, takes out our account. So we're solidly on, on the sideline for this one. Okay, now among the other developers, who's going to win the holiday season? Or do we already know? Because apparently everybody's got to order stuff early due to supply chain constraints. Not sure if that'll apply to video games, but what do you think will win out? What's going to be the hot title uh, in a couple months when those uh, gifts are getting picked? Call of Duty always wins. It's, it's always number one seller, nine out of the last 10 years. Uh, but no, I think if you think about from an investor perspective, which one could surprise you? I think it could be take two. I think if we know very little about GTA enhanced, there's not a lot of competition outside the shooter category. So GTA, as much as I hate to say it, eight-year-old game might be one of the, the better sellers this, this winter. Uh, you know, Battlefield, that's gonna be a big one. We'll probably know where that's gonna shake out once they have their beta later this month. Um, and then obviously Call of Duty, they're going to do, you know, they're going to do what Call of Duty does. Um, so that one should, you know, those are your three big ones you're going to watch for.